So this has been the craziest year of my life. But I'll be honest with you, I don't think it would compare to those who had to live through world wars, civil wars. Um, We are unfortunately just not as brave as those former generations. And so we think that because it's happening in our time, it's the worst thing ever. But to be honest with you, there's been much worse to hit this world than a virus, corrupt government and everything else. We just happen to be living in this, and a lot of people are going, what do we do, what do we do? You know, some of God's greatest gifts, we talked about it last week, and now we're looking at hope and strength, and it's what he gave us Christmas, hope and strength. And we're going to be looking throughout the Bible this morning and throughout Scripture as we kind of look at this, but I want you to turn to Psalms 33, Psalm 33. Let's stand together as we read, but I'm going to give you a chance to get there. Psalm 33. We're going to look at verses 13 through 22. So many people today believe that they ha- that they are right no matter what, that they have the answers, everything that they do is correct. And so they feel that their strength comes from their own understanding, that comes from their own Uh, life, their own abilities. And Psalm 33, verse 13 says, The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. Every one of us, all of us here, God sees. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. He considers all their works. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. Father, I pray that this morning we will understand that hope and strength does not come by uh, our own doing. But God, our true hope and strength is found in you. It is found in faith. It is found when we say that we totally trust the word of God, that we trust the one, God, who made this world. We trust the one who died upon a cross for our sin. We trust the one who was born of a virgin. We've got our hope and our strength come because of the faith that we've put in these things. Lord, be with us this morning. Show us that no matter what happens in our life, God, what really matters, what really matters is where our hope and our strength come from. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Psalm 33 begins by telling everyone, look, no one comes to to a good place on their own. It is God who watches over. It is God who does these things. It talks about a mighty king. No matter how great they are, they can't find their own strength. Think about David and what what a mighty king he was, and yet David constantly 
faltered in his own strength. Constantly fell apart in his own strength. And it talks about a mighty man and how he can't save himself. Do you think about this for a moment? You got Samson and all of the great strength that Samson had. And yet, in the end, he gave in to sin. And it wasn't until he called upon God once more for strength that he was able to do his greatest battle. And in his death, after calling upon God, he's able to do what he did by killing thousands of people who were not for God. Verse 18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. Today, we want to focus upon that fear of God, that faith in the work of God, and the work of Jesus Christ. We want to be able to look this morning at how the Old Testament men and women made it and how their hope was secure. So where did the people in the Old Testament get the strength to endure hardship in following God? Where was it that they found their strength? I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that they found it in the promises of God. And it's chronicled there in that, that hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And, and we're just going to kind of highlight a few things here in Hebrews 11. We've been reading out of this a lot lately, but it's so good, especially this time of year. Because what they were hoping for, what they were trusting in, was the promise of the Messiah to come. And Hebrews 11 says they never fully received that. They never saw Jesus. They never saw the virgin birth. They never saw the death on the cross. But they had put their faith that it would come. And that is how they were saved. That is how they found their hope and their strength. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Things hoped for. It says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And then it goes on and it talks about all of these great men and women of faith. And it just starts talking about all the great things that they did. And it gets down to Abraham in verse 17. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Abraham trusted that this very God who had created his son could give him back even if he had to take his life. Abraham trusted in this. And then we read about Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Remember, when he was born, they were to kill all of these Hebrew children. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, Esteemed the reproach, uh, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Notice Hebrews says, Moses looked ahead in time to Christ. What was promised in Christ is what Moses was looking forward to. And it says in verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. We've never seen Christ. So our faith is founded just like Moses. We are simply trusting in the promise of God. We're trusting in the testimony of God and the testimony of godly men. And we're putting our faith in one we've never seen. And that is how we gain our hope and our strength. So the question becomes then, um, 
strength comes from hope. So what is hope? What is hope? Studying for this, I looked in and, and, and found a number of different places that talk about hope. But, but um, J.S. Lamp and Dean Friedman, A.C. Myers sat and, and began to kind of talk about these things. And so this is a, a kind of compilation of what was said about hope. It says, while modern connotations include shades of uncertainty associated with the desired outcome, in other words, wishful thinking, the biblical understanding of hope is a much deeper concept that contributes significantly to the worldview of biblical faith. I'm not wishing that I am correct. I'm not sitting here going, man, I hope that I am right. My faith is what brings me hope because my faith, I'm telling you, is what I'm holding on to, that what God has promised, he has delivered, and what is promised to me after death, God has already taken care of. That is where my hope comes from, that I put my faith in Christ. Now, the biblical understanding of hope is a much deeper concept that contributes significantly to the worldview of biblical faith. Included are an expectation of the future. Trust in attaining that future. Patience while attaining it. Did y'all catch that part about patience? Anybody in here struggle with that part? Say amen. We probably should have said that a whole lot louder, right? The desirability of the associated benefits and confidence in the divine promises. Yet for hope to be genuine, hope and not foolishness or presumption, it must be grounded in God and God's promises. We sit here today and we talk about men of God. We, we think back to the Old Testament. We talk about how things were at one time in the, in the life of those who came before us. And then we sit around like, like fish floundering out of water. We, 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 just, we have no strength. We have no stability. Why? Because we think that we somehow as believers today can come up with our own strength and our own hope. We listen to the television and the television tells you how to live and how to believe. We listen to these preachers who are only there for their own belly, not for the betterment of the church, not for the furtherance of the gospel, but instead they are preaching how you should be blessed and everything should just be good. And we as a church sometimes listen to that because it sounds good to us. But our strength today is still just as it was in the Old Testament. It's grounded in who we have put our faith in. Habakkuk 3.19. I love this one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on the high hills. Right now some of us are sitting here going, how am I going to make it through these next few days? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Be thankful because there are those right now who are dealing with the fact that they have lost a loved one. In one of the most precious moments, one of the most precious times of the year, they're going to experience their first Christmas without a husband, without a father. We've had three families in this this past three weeks deal with great grief. And I have watched all three families approach this time with hope. And approached this time with strength because they knew that their loved one had put their faith in the same faith that Abraham had put his. And the same faith that Moses had put his. And the same faith that Paul and Matthew and John and Luke and Mark and Peter and James. 
these widows have gone to a casket, they've gone to a grave, they've gone to a death, knowing that those who have gone before them are in a better place. And God has allowed their feet to reach the high heels. And they're not wondering what's coming, but instead they are experiencing their hope and their strength for real. It is something that they have now seen as being absolute. I watched a wife go to the casket of her husband. Tear in her eye and a smile on her face. If you saw it, it wouldn't have made sense. The tear was the sadness that she was experiencing because he was gone, but the smile was because he was free. She knew that he had put his faith in Christ, which caused hope. And that hope gave her strength. What is your hope in? You see, the same hope that the Old Testament had gave strength to those in the New Testament. Let me read this to you. Mark chapter 14, verse 38 says, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. Many of you in this room are very weak. Your marriages are weak. Your life is weak. Your expectations of life are weak. Why? Because you are trying to figure out life on your own. You think in your own mind you've got it handled, you've got it figured out, and what is happening is the same thing that Jesus was warning his disciples about. He says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You are trusting in your own flesh. My friend, you and I can find no hope in the flesh, no strength in the flesh. That is why Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter, I mean, uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he said, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast of my infirmities than the power of Christ, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul said, listen, I'm not strong. I am nothing without the power of God. I am nothing without the hope of God. I am nothing without Christ. And he says, I would rather be in chains. I would rather be weak so that Christ can be strong. 1 Peter 4.11 says, if anyone speaks, let him speak of the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it. As with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion and forever and ever. Amen. Peter's saying, don't do anything on your own, because your strength is nothing. We're living in a day where everybody thinks they can figure it out. Folks, if you haven't paid attention to 2020, you can't figure anything out. Every single day, the news changes its narrative. Have you all noticed that? Every single day, the news changes its narrative. The CDC changes the rules. It is a constant changing. It's it's whatever they're trying to drive home, and it's a bunch of sheep following a terrible shepherd. But we're saying, I I, I get my strength from from knowledge. I get my strength from listening to to the news. Folks, if you get your strength from listening to the news... I hate to tell you this, 
but you're one of the dumb sheep. I was told I couldn't say stupid anymore. Uneducated. Faithless. Would that be a better way of putting it? I get my news from what's already been written. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know that the news has already been written? That's why I trust in what God has put on my pages of Scripture. 2 Timothy 1.8 says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Folks, there's going to come a time where you and I will share in those sufferings. And your hope better be sure. And you have hope because of your faith and the works of God and works of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I do not have victory, don't have hope, we don't have strength without Christ. Philippians 3, 13 through 15 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if any, anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. As, as wise as you may think you are as a believer, you still have error. We must look to Scripture. We must look to God. Because in the world that we live in, we should have our hope in one thing. Not in ourselves, not in strength, but in Jesus Christ. Christians today have hope when we put our faith in the works and promises of Jesus Christ. How many of you believe in a virgin birth? Without a doubt, right? How many of you believe in a sinless Savior? Absolutely. Yet tempted. In every way. How many of you believe that he took your place on the cross? You see, our hope, our hope is the same hope today that it was in the Old Testament. It's just that we believe that it's been fulfilled already. Abraham was looking forward to when it would be done. You and I have already Seen it done. Well, I didn't see it. Listen, faith says I saw it. Faith says that my Savior hung on a cross, crucified, took upon my sins. God himself literally had to turn away from his son because his son took all the sin upon himself. And I believe that Jesus not only died, but they buried him in a borrowed tomb because he only needed it for a couple days. And I believe that Jesus rose again. You say, well, Brother Tom, why are you preaching this to us today? Here's why. Because the Christmas story is under attack, as always. And I want to share with you this morning where our hope is found, where our strength comes from. 
Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Aren't you thankful for that verse right there? Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that as soon as the voice of your greeting Sound in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed. Blessed are you who have believed in the same promise that Mary trusted in. The same hope that Abraham and Isaac and Moses and Noah and all of those before us trusted in. And then Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place with Quirinius was governing Syria, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. 
Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her, brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. My friend, the fulfillment of all that the prophets look forward to is happening right here. It says, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You and I have hope today because we have put our faith that Jesus was born. We have put our faith that the real reason for this season is Christ himself. And our faith has caused us to have a great hope. And our great hope gives us strength to make it in the days ahead. Folks, you and I have the same promise that they had in the Old Testament. That a Savior would come. Aren't you thankful that our Savior has come? That he was born. virgin birth, sinless life took our place on the cross borrowed tomb, rose again ascended to the right hand of the Father and what's he waiting on now? Son, go get my children and I believe that that day is coming quicker and quicker I am so thankful of the promise that God has fulfilled. And now I look forward to the promises that are to come. As we close, let me share this with you. The reason that we have hope is because one day this world will end. There will be nothing left of this old place. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth where there's no more tears, no more crying, no more death, no more sin. That gives me strength to endure whatever is brought before me today. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, let me tell you, today's the day. 
Today is the day for you to come and say, I want my strength, my hope to come from Christ. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you that you love us. God, we thank you that you have given us your son. Lord, you have put upon us hope because of the work of your son, Jesus Christ. And that hope brings us strength to endure whatever comes. Lord God, may we remember why this season is so important. This season brought us the sacrifice. So we celebrate your son, Jesus Christ, today. In whose name we pray, amen.